What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. It's your girl, Nikki. I hope you all had a great week. I know I did. Uh, I'm coming to you today on this beautiful Saturday. Man, I hope you take advantage of another beautiful day that the Lord has made. And I want to start off this episode first by just saying I I, I, I always uh, scroll through Instagram sometimes, kind of looking at the reels and um and I love one of the reels that 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 comes on and and one of the reels is uh the some some people have made it says. If you don't want to hear about God, then don't come to me. Don't talk to me because I'm going to talk about God. So I, I, I thought that was great. I think that is great. I think that's the most important thing as Christians that we have to think about because I bring that up because I, when I, when I initially started doing this podcast, I was like, I don't want to come off like this person that does everything perfect, this person that does everything right, somebody that doesn't make any mistakes. I don't want to come off like that. And, but I also had to make sure that I know that I should never be ashamed to speak about God, but the way I want to do my podcast is different when I'm speaking of God. I'm I'm speaking of his word and letting his word do the talking. Like you want to ask questions about anything. I could give you my answer, but I want my listeners to know that God has the answer. So, all the troubles that we deal with makes us question God. So, if you if you wanted to ask God, why 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 is racism still so prevalent today why did the pandemic happen why are black people still being treated so unfairly we can ask all of these questions to the most knowledgeable people and they may give you such beautiful eloquent answers and it's just their opinion but I want us to know that the answer is in the book of life basic instructions before leaving earth beautiful acronym Basic instructions 
before leaving earth. So you want to question God, but you don't want to follow his basic instructions. But have you ever put yourself in his shoes? Even though you can't, you, 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 even though you hear people say, there's no one who can say that they are God. <clears throat> You're not God. But think about how you feel when somebody breaks a promise. Think about how you feel when somebody hurts you. Think about how you feel when you've given your all and somebody uh, steps all over you. Think about how you feel. Think about how somebody makes you feel unworthy. Think about how somebody makes make you feel like you you're irrelevant. You don't matter. And and think about if somebody's building you up and somebody else say, "Oh, she or he is they they're nothing." That's not true about her. She she's a nobody. She she he 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 he's weak. He's this. Think about that. Think about if you love your husband and he cheats on you. Are you willing to sacrifice your heart to say I love him so much? So why don't we say Jesus died for your sins? Somebody say that's not true. Jesus was just a prophet, but it's all in his word. It's all in the basic instructions. He's telling you. This is why you can forgive a person when they hurt you. He's telling you, he's giving you basic instructions on how to get along with difficult people. He's telling you, you're not fighting against that person. That person is not your enemy. So when we question God, you got to ask yourself, how do you feel when the basic, simple trials of life come your way? How do you feel when somebody steps over, just ignore everything you say? They don't want to hear from you. They don't care what you say. They don't care how they make you feel. How does that make you feel when you love someone and they don't love you back the same way. How does it make you feel when you have a boyfriend and you'll clean his dirty drawers and he won't even change your tire? He won't even get your he won't even cut your yard. He won't even clean your yard. How does it feel when <clears throat> you buy your children all Anything that they want. And they tell you. I don't have to listen to you. I don't care what you saying. Mama. Daddy. And they go out. And they still do whatever they want. How does that make you feel? You tell your child to come in at 10. They come in at 12. You gave them a basic instruction and they did not listen. 
You tell them all you need to do is worry about going to school and get your lesson. And they bring home a report card full of elves. And we like to question God because we don't know how to manage our own finances. So does God care about every little thing that we do? I could say yes. But he cares about how you talk. You want proof? Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that if it may impart grace to the hearers. So he cares about how you talk. He cares about how you take care of your body and that you stay in good health. Because if you're not in good health, what good are you to anybody? Third John. Chapter 1 verse 2 said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health. Just as your soul prospers. So this natural body, we got to take care of it. But in order to take care of it, you got to keep your spiritual in line. We got to stop questioning God and start questioning ourselves. He cares about the company you keep. 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. That's not a lie. How can you question it? How many, how many times have you seen somebody become influenced by a so-called friend? How many times have you seen a person that hadn't taken a drink in their life and they're around a lot of their so-called friends and their so-called friends is influencing them to drink. How many times have you been around somebody and all they do is complain and you start finding yourself complaining? How many times have you been around somebody and there's, they start gossiping and you laugh and you get inside and you get caught up in the rumor mill? And then at the end, everything falls on you. Just because they got they got it started. But they only told everybody everything you said. So now you look like the bad guy. So that those are the things. You question God, but he gives you basic instructions. He tells you, don't gossip. He tells you, don't complain. He tells you. Don't defile your bed. He tells you not to sleep with somebody if they're not your husband or your wife. Why are he, why is he telling you these things? They're basic instructions, but why does he give you these basic instructions? Now, he even tells us why he cares so much about the things that we do. Because we're made in his image. 
Now we hear that. We hear that so much. You're made in God's image. But what does that really mean? Do you want to see anybody in pain? God doesn't want to see us in pain. He doesn't even want to see us cry anymore. How do you feel when you see someone cry? Think about it. How do you feel when you see someone crying? When you see someone hurting? Some of us, now let's be honest. Some of us just want to know why they're crying because we're nosy. But if you if you have love, genuine love, you don't want to see them crying. You want to know why, but you also want to see them stop. You also don't want them to feel that pain anymore. So, you're made in God's image. And you feel like he feel. God doesn't want to see us in pain. And you don't like to see people in pain. If you, if you have a heart. You want proof that God don't want to see us in pain? Revelation 21 and 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death. Nor sorrow. Nor crying. There should be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. So we're made in God's image. Basic instructions. I don't want to see no. I don't want to see a person in pain. I don't want to see you crying. But I also don't want to just be nosy. I want to be able to wipe the tears from your eyes. I want you to be able to smile when you leave my presence. Do you want to see someone get sick and die? God doesn't even want us to. God said he sent his only begotten son. So that we can have a chance at eternal life. So we can have a chance at eternal life. So that we will not perish. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died into sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So he doesn't even want you to feel sickness and death. Now we know it's inevitable we're going to leave and pass from this life. But we're talking about spiritual things. We're speaking of spiritual things. Yes, it hurts when a loved one dies. You'll miss them. But when you're when you're made and built in the image of God. You just want people to be right with God. So, so that this natural death 
you will know and have confidence this is not the end. It's not over from here. Do you want to comfort people when their world is falling apart? But when you're you're made in, in, in God's image and you follow his basic instructions... He says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. This is his character. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of mercy, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Basic instructions. So when you're comforted, you're feeling good, it's our duty to make other people comfortable. It should feel so good when I could tell you, man, God brought me through. And I could tell you so many stories where God brought me through. But it's one story that means so much to me. It was no it was in November 2017. And I was at work. And before I left work, I had a I had an argument with one of my leads. Well, not really an argument. She was I, I felt like I was doing something right. And she was telling me that what I was doing was unnecessary. So, I get in the car. I'm so upset, which was unnecessary to even really be upset. Because if she felt that way, I I really should have taken it as, okay, if she feel that way, you know what? I could stop doing it and whatever happens, happens. I, I could have taken it that way, but I didn't. I got in my car, I'm riding home in the morning, that morning, and my whole attitude was, I can't wait to get to work tomorrow, I'm going to tell on her, I'm going to make sure they know that she she started a, a, a back and forth with me about me doing something that's, that's right, that I felt was right in other words, so I'm just driving and driving, I'm upset, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get tomorrow. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going. I was gonna go to work early. I'm halfway home, and a deer jumped out in the road. And the lights. He got caught in my headlights, and he stopped, and he was there. And I didn't want to hit him, so I swerved. And when I swerved, I hit the guardrail on the highway. And I broke my leg, but when when I stopped, when the car stopped, because it rolled the guardrail for at least a couple of seconds, and when I when I stopped, I I immediately tried to find my phone so I could call someone. So I jumped over from the driver's side seat to the passenger side seat. And I grabbed my phone, but immediately when I did that, I could feel that my leg was broke. I could feel it. 
I could tell that that leg was not right. So I'm thinking it's just a break, you know, whatever. So I called, I called home. I called my mom, and and when I called her, I I got out of the car and I was like, she's not gonna baby come and get me and get me to no hospital the right way. So I called 911 immediately. And they came so fast. And they stabilized me. And I stayed in the hospital for a couple of days. But when I got home, and even before I went home, it was so scary because now I'm on one leg. And the first couple of days were rough when I got home because... I had to get used to getting around on one leg. And I'm telling you, this almost broke me. But what helped me was one day I got real mad at my mom. Because I felt like she was getting tired of helping me. And I threw a bowl across the room. Into the hallway. And immediately after that, I was like, I can't be acting like this. I can't be this upset about this. Because in my mind, even though the doctors told me, follow my basic instructions and you will walk again. And I'm like, man, it don't feel like it. And this process was long, but in this process, when I started to dig in God's word, trust him, and the process started gearing towards me getting back to what I knew, which was going, you know, living my life and walking on two legs. It was nobody but God who got me through that. And I just want to share that story because we have doctors and we we have them for a reason. But you can't trust. You don't trust them. The doctors, all the doctors that I saw and dealt with, they would tell me, you're going to walk again. If you do what I say and it's like, It's not feeling like it. You know, it's not feeling like it. It's like, I'm still hopping around on one leg. And I'm going back and forth to the doctor. They got to do this. And I had to endure four surgeries. But now I'm walking again. So you can't tell me God is not real. You can't tell me we should question God when we go through something. Because in that, think about it. If I had handled that situation differently, I probably wouldn't have handled that dear situation the wrong way. I probably would have hit the deer. And dealt with the consequences of just tearing up my car. And I probably would have been able to 
navigate that situation differently if, if I wasn't on the road upset. So you can't tell me we should question God about all of our issues when sometimes we got we have to go back and do a root cause of everything. What happened before before that before the actual trauma happened? What all took place before that? Well, first of all, I'm mad at somebody for doing doing what they felt was right because they're telling me what I felt was right was wrong. And I let that upset me so that I'm thinking more about tomorrow and don't even know if I'm going to see tomorrow. And that's what God was trying to show me. You're saying what you're going to do tomorrow? Well, let me show you that. <laughs> you're not going to be able to do anything tomorrow. Because guess where you're going to be? You're going to be laid up in the hospital with your leg broken all to pieces. So, tell me God is not real. He tells us in his word, don't boast about tomorrow. Say if it's the Lord's will. Because you don't know what's going to happen. I'm, I'm on my way home. Man, I'm going to work early. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And God said, okay. You may believe you're going to do this, but I'm going to show you you're not. You're not going to be able to do anything but lay up in the hospital bed, listen to the doctors. Now you got to heal. But not only did I have to heal Physically, I had to heal spiritually. So, do you like gossip? If you like gossip, then you kind of you, you kind of lost connection with God. Because what does He say about gossip in Proverbs six? In verse 16 through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift and running to evil. A false witness who speaks lies. And one who sows discord among brethren. Now, I mentioned racism, inequality, but we're all part of one race. That's why when you're speaking spiritually, he said, a one who sows discord among brethren. We are part of a human race. We are part of the human race. So, I shouldn't be able to stand gossiping about somebody when I don't have facts and I don't know the truth and I'm not even seeking the truth about that person. I'm believing what somebody else says. So I'm gossiping. I heard, I heard she's doing this. I heard she's doing it. I heard he's doing this. 
How much of that do you like? How much of that do you enjoy? How much of that makes you feel like, feel good? Because a lot of times when we, when, when, when we're doing something some, to somebody else, we need to put ourselves in other people's shoes. That's why I say when you question God, put yourself in God's shoes. And you do that by saying, how do you feel when this happens to you? When somebody accuses you of something and you know you did, didn't do it, how does it make you feel? And then Jesus can tell you to turn the other cheek. And you may say, man, that person did so-and-so, so-and-so to me. I'm not turning the other cheek. And Jesus saying, well, I didn't jump down off of the cross to show myself stronger than these sinners because I was already stronger than them. Because while they were accusing me in line, I'm doing what, what my father sent me here to do. So I can tell you to forgive. I can tell you to turn the other cheek. Because I did it. And it doesn't matter if you believe me or not. I know I did it. Do you do wrong and justify it? I think we all have justified snapping a person up. I think we've all said that needed to be said. I had to say that. I had to go off on him. I had to go off on her. That's been a long time coming. Well, how about we say something when the problem starts so that we can be calm and maybe they'll hear and maybe they'll change and maybe they won't. And if they don't change, then you can change your direction and you can change your approach and you can change how you deal with them. How about that? In Hebrews 10.26, the word says this. For if we sin willingly after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. Sounds harsh, but do you want somebody to continue to step on your toe? Do you want somebody to continue to slap you? When you've done nothing to them. Would you like. As I mentioned earlier. You, you, you constantly tell your children. To. Make sure that they do. The right things at all times. And listen to you. And when they don't. And they get in trouble. And then they call you. And you get upset. And then at some point. What do most parents say? What do most parents say? You're not going to be able to continue to call me. I'm not going to always be here. Mm. 
So we, but we question God when we go through something. Even though sometimes we're not asking him for an answer. We're asking him to get us out of something. And most of the time, we ask him to get us out of a situation so that we can get right back in it. Because that's most of the time what we do. If we're honest with ourselves, we probably wouldn't question God. We probably wouldn't say, he doesn't care about me. He cares about everything because we're made in his image. We're made in his image. Galatians 5 and 29 says, We have to look at the works of the flesh. We can't justify wrong. And we have to let go of some things. We have to let go of idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, distinctions and hearsays. Because these things will not lead to you seeing the kingdom of God. So we have to let go of idolatry. We have to let go of sorcery, hatred, contentious, and being jealous of people. Did you want the pandemic to happen? Now that's a rhetorical question. Because I know you're probably saying that. Now that's stupid. Nobody wanted the pandemic to happen. Well, neither did God. But you may say, well, if he didn't want it to happen, he could have stopped it. Yes, he could have. But you also have to ask yourself how much was going on before the pandemic. Okay, we had, let's run it down. We had a president that was had come into the White House and had created so much division in the world. And his divisive plan, for the most part, it worked. You had police brutality going on. You had so much going on before the pandemic even happened. You had so much chaos. 
And we were already out of sorts. You had unrest on every at every turn. It was it was just horrible. And I and our leader of the leader of the free world was inciting most of this chaos. So no, we didn't want the pandemic to happen. But God also didn't want the pandemic to happen. But we also have to think about what was going on before the pandemic even hit. Psalms 91 puts it this way. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the, pe the perilous pestilence. Which is, what is, a pest what is pestilence? He would he will he will keep you from the perilous pestilence. He will keep you from that. What does pestilence mean? So think about that. Pestilence means a fatal epidemic disease. Especially bubonic plague. So. He will keep you from perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence, there it is again, that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. So, we didn't want the pandemic to happen, but he didn't want the pandemic to happen either. But we got to take comfort in knowing that even in a pandemic, he'll keep you safe. He'll keep you from hurting. So, did you want police brutality towards blacks 
to be front and center while a pandemic was ravaging our country. Again, another another rhetorical question. So, being made in His image, we don't we don't want things to happen, but we have to pray when they do happen, and we have to trust that God will give us the right answer and the right way to deal with. Whatever's going on. Because let's look at Psalms 82. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not nor, know, nor do they understand. They walk. About in darkness, all the foundations of the earth are unstable. I said you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. Now, what did you hear in that? Yes, police brutality went on. But God won't show partiality to the wicked. We have to understand that the enemy is real. And the police is an entity. But sometimes it's just like the church. Some people's hearts are not right. It doesn't matter if they go inside of a building. That's what we have to understand. We are the church. I am the church. Not that building. I am the church. So what's in my heart? Yes, I can be a hypocrite. Yes, I can become prideful. Yes, I can allow the enemy to make me feel like it's okay to do wrong and and nothing will happen and nothing will come of it because what covers all of this the hatred the pandemic what what can what can give you Comfort and peace of mind. And it's one thing, and most of us don't talk about it. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, it says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, 
they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. So we're lacking love. He's talking about, in that scripture, Paul is talking about everything that goes on in our heart. We think because we have book knowledge, we've been to college, we have a master's degree. But we don't think about none of that matters. If I don't love people enough to be of service and a benefit to the people that I come in contact with. Learning and gaining knowledge is not about making sure that you look so great in front of everybody. And you look so smart and sophisticated in front of everybody and you can impress everybody with big words we're made in God's image so we shouldn't question God we just need to follow God's basic instructions now my time is almost up and I'm going to end this episode but I love you guys and I do want you to re I want us all to enjoy this journey of reprogramming our thinking let's live life and not lifestyle and let's recover our life that the that the devil is trying to steal from us each and every day we are made in God's image we are made in his image and we need to take that seriously. So we say, if God cares so much, why is there suffering? I know God didn't want to, doesn't want to see uh, me hurt. He didn't want to see. He didn't want to see people die from the pandemic. He didn't want to see hateful police officers. Killing innocent, unarmed black men. He doesn't like when a family member hurts you. He doesn't want you to always be at war with that difficult co-worker. God doesn't want you gossiping and joining in the rumor mills. He didn't cause you to do any of he doesn't cause you to do any of the things you do when you do evil. God didn't make that, that family member hurt you. 
God didn't put it on that police officer's heart to kill an innocent black man. He didn't put it on Derek Chauvin's heart to kill George Floyd. That was the evil in his that was already in his heart, placed there by the enemy. Because he made himself believe, because of the pigment of George Floyd's skin, that he was the enemy. And therefore, whether we believe it or not, Derek Chauvin has become an enemy of God. So guys, let's get back to the one thing that has been lacking for quite a while. And that's love of the human race. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, I love you guys. Peace. And I'm out. In the nick of time, guys.